0: heroes under the official Rob Cluster Network. If you have any, head head over to YouTube and Twitch, hit that little button and boom. Today we're going to talk about something sticky and sweet and everybody loves a good one. So let's chat about Cinnabon. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Rob. This is Everyday Heroes, the series that covers all things educational, informational, but still super fun. Everybody loves a good cinnamon roll, right? Excuse me. Had a coughing fit earlier. (laughs) But not everybody wants to make them. Well, jump in. Cinnabon. Probably the, I would say, the number one purveyor of the cinnamon roll. At this point in time, you can get everything from full cinnamon rolls, tiny bites, and even flavored drinks as well. But how did this all start? So we're going to head over to Zipia.com. They created a timeline that explained exactly what went down. So first off, 1985 was when it was founded by Geraldine Brousseau, who had a reputation of her own over the years. Excuse me. (laughs) She sourced the ingredients for her eponymous restaurants in Edmonds, just north of Seattle, the way she learned on her parents' dairy farm. Her VW bus crossed Snohomish, Skagit, and Whatcom Valleys to collect salad greens, shellfish, and 300 pounds of unsalted butter made every week for Brousseau's. A few months before the phone rang, the New York Times had included Geraldine in a lengthy photo splash write-up about this revolutionary idea of eating local. So before she became the cinnamon roll queen, well, she was working at her parents' um, restaurant. Now, in 1986, we got the first franchise bakery. So literally, a year later, boom, we had our first one. In 1987, after its first year of existence, the Cinnabon chain stretched from Hawaii to Illinois. It progressed through huge geographic leaps that mirrored the company's initial development of Cinnabon units in Seattle, Vegas, and even Chicago. Uh, Um, One person said that was one of our early mistakes. We had no geographic focus. Skipping over regions to establish a Cinnabon and Assetto markets did not check the unbridled success of the chain. Now, yesterday, we talked about Panda Express and how they did the opposite. They made sure to stay close, started in Pasadena, only moved to Nevada and Arizona, two states over... one state over next to each other. And then, once they were up and running, they grew, and now they in the billions. Now, they knew off the bat that this was a bad idea. So, what did they do? The burgeoning chain was registering grow- growing sales and high profits uh, during the late 1980s into a blanket that quickly covered much of the nation. So, they got lucky. They ended up filling in a gap that most people liked, but, it doesn't really work that way well. It doesn't work well that way. But continuing on, by the beginning of the 1990s, the number of Cinnabon units had grown to 72 from the, what did we have? Um, I think it was only about 10 at the beginning. Um, <clears throat> well, above the figure that Waldron, well one of the workers there, had experienced the chain of the reach uh, when plans were first discussed excuse me, by this point, what had started as a sideline business for Restaurants Unlimited had matured into a powerful revenue-generating engine for a full-service restaurant operator. In 1990, Restaurants Unlimited collected $100 in sales. Cinnabon only got 25% of that total. Now, um, let's see. So in 19... Oh, they just did that twice. All right. By 1992... Um, there were over 180 cinnabon units in the United States and Canada more than twice the number in operation two years earlier which translated an average of more than one store opening each week much of it achieved through franchising which made the contribution to restaurant and limited revenue volume only a portion of the concept all told the cinnabon chain by 92 was estimated 65 million dollar enterprise two years later the cinnabon chain totaled 260 so we're talking 1994 um, Excuse me. And at that point was a one hundred million dollar enterprise. At that point, they were averaging two hundred fifty thousand dollars in annual sales. All right. So not bad, considering you started in eighty seven and by ninety four, two hundred fifty thousand annually. Not horrible. Maybe not the best best, but not horrible. So at the same time they started to put their places everywhere stores supermarkets airports they even put one at the at seattle's woodland park zoo which is great it's one of those test places this is why so many places now theme parks zoos water parks you name it have name brand products why because at some point somebody thought hey all these people are flocking all of them are going to go there they're going to want to eat they're going to want to drink they're going to want to buy some cool stuff. Let's throw in food. Now, the difference here between food versus gear is that, yeah, a place like, let's say Disneyland or Universal Studios, they thrive on their franchises. That's how they sell so much stuff. However, a place like Six Flags, a place like, I don't know, Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah, they have their brand, but they strive more on their foods, zoos, aquariums the same thing people are going for the actual thing what you're going to want to eat so why not throw you know an already popular brand in there <clears throat> excuse me by 95 more than 300 Cinnabons bonds are in operation growing not from just u.s and uh, canada but also into mexico um As Waldron scanned the horizon in 95, he was planning to open at least one new Cinnabon per week in any mall, airport, supermarket location that they could. By 1995, Restaurants Unlimited collected almost 200 million in sales, nearly five times the total generated a decade earlier. But Cinnabon accounted for 120 million of their total. So again, Restaurants Unlimited must be one of those places that owns a bunch, and Cinnabon was giving them, well, Almost, let's see, only $75 million was somewhere else. They were giving them almost a large chunk of their revenue. Not too bad, considering you're one place. Um, let's see. Da, da, da. Um, all right. So in 96, originally division of Seattle, Washington-based restaurants limited. Cinnabon outgrew its parent company and became a separate business by then. And the company anticipated mega sales when it opened bakeries in a handful of Seattle areas. So by 96, Cinnabon realized, oh, we're good. We don't need you. We we can make it on our own. Now, most places wouldn't necessarily jump the ship that quickly. However, in their defense, they do make some really good cinnamon rolls, right? They probably kind of had an idea that this is kind of, it's kind of like the Starbucks thing. Coffee is coffee. However, Starbucks upped the grade as to what they made with their blended drinks, with their specialty drinks, with their food as well. Starbucks probably knew off the top, and I believe Starbucks, I think from the beginning already had their own, so that's the difference here. Cinnabon, I think, needed that parent company, but Cinnabon, like others, probably realized they have the mechanics. They have the product. As much help as other companies would be, think about how much cooler it would be to keep most of your own money that you make and not give it to somebody. It's, I don't know, I think it's a win-win, right, for most of them. Now in 1997, they tested a much larger baking and coffee house concept experimenting, excuse me, with two units in New York City that served as proving ground for the company's attempt to develop, um, excuse me, more re- uh, complex retail operation. In addition to the transformation, Waldron ordered the renovation of some units, touching off the gradual process of changing Cinnabon's decor. Warm colored wood, copper, replaced the blue and white with a new logo, new graphics, packaging, and more. Um, as 1990 drew to a close, Cinnabon started its second decade of existence, firmly situated as a market leader in its industry. Now it's kind of funny they said in the industry. I can't picture another cinnamon roll other than something like, let's say, Pillsbury. But again, Pillsbury is known for baked goods generally. Cookies, brownies, cinnamon rolls, stuff like that. So there's probably smaller mom and pop shops that I am not aware of personally. But it's funny to hear me say that they situate themselves in its industry when really they're the only ones in the industry. (laughs) Excuse me. Um. (laughs) excuse me, Uh, they're the only industry that I've actually heard of, but hey, good for them. Um, With plans for 60 more units in 97, the company is also experimenting, it's expanding its menu. So here we go. New baked goods, stuff like bagels, muffins, croissants, and also the take-home cinnamon rolls, the bigger boxes, and also offering things like the the toppings. You can buy cream cheese. I believe you can buy their cinnamon frosting as well. Um, By the beginning of 97, there were now 350 um, operating in North America, and they were collecting about 140 million in sales to themselves this time. Now in 98, they were bought by AFC Enterprises for 65 million. And that's probably what happens because it happens to a lot of people generally. Think about how stuff like PepsiCo has Lay's and they have a lot of the other snack foods. Um, Nabisco has a bunch of other stuff, too. It's one thing to start yourself out and be your own. But at some point when you become so large and so big, you do need help. Now, again, I go back to my story yesterday about Panda Express. They are in a very specific niche. They, as far as I know, have not had to do that because they have control of their Panda Expresses. Also, they're not all over the world. They're only in select areas. So as I'm saying what I'm saying, most places like Cinnabon are going to need a parent company again to make sure that they don't overdo it themselves. Plus, if you have something to fall back on, well, it makes it easier on you to not have to worry about it. Now, Rich Komen, at this point was focused on other products. He's one of the um, one of the founders. Um, and lastly, in two thousand three, um, let's see, you started getting uh, brands in and um, markets: Cinnabon lip balm, Seattle's best coffee, Orville Redenbacher popcorn, Easy Bake mixes. As it goes on. Um, yeah, I mean, really, that's the biggest you know thing now. Of course, they're still growing strong. As of 2020, a British retail group known as EG announced a partnership with Cinnabon to open 150 stores in the UK over five years. So at this point, they're now going over the across the pond, as they say, to um, to the UK and all that as well. So there you go. Pretty interesting pretty in-depth. If you want to read more, go check out the link. uh, It's in the chat. What do you guys think? Pretty cool. It is interesting, it is tasty, and they don't have any signs of stopping, so good on you. Thank you guys so much for watching. We appreciate you all. If you haven't yet, like I said, please go subscribe at our YouTube and Twitch. Until tomorrow, we got some more fun. Let's keep the conversation going on Discord and stay curious. Bye, guys.